This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3772, for Tuesday, the 17th of January, 2023. Today's show is entitled, Adventures with a Small Solar Panel. It is hosted by Andrew Conway and is about 28 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is I have a look at a cheap solar panel and learn a bit about how it works and doesn't work. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio with me, McNallu, also known as Andrew. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my adventures with solar panels. Not all about them, because that could probably go on for a long time. Just actually, literally about how I've discovered that solar panels work. And most of this you can read by googling around, uh, or web searching, should I say, around in the internet. And um, But... I found that, two, well, two things, uh, which is quite usual with when I'm trying to learn something. The first is, there's a lot of rubbish on the internet, a lot of stuff that's plain wrong and misleading, probably more than there used to be. Uh, but secondly, some things you just learn best by doing. So this is all pretty much first-hand knowledge from me. Okay, so my first um, dalliance with uh, solar panels was a small... Uh, low voltage um almost a toy type uh, solar panel it was uh, i guess this about the size of a, an a4 sheet of paper um uh, you know the size of a normal notebook and it um it could it claimed it could generate i think 6 to 7 watts and maybe it could if i took it uh, inside the earth's orbit to perhaps uh, the, the distance of Mercury, uh, Mercury or Venus from the Sun. Uh, maybe then it could. But here on the Earth, uh, I couldn't get much more than 5 watts out of it, and that was on a very good day, with the panel pointed straight at direct sunlight. So my first thing was, don't believe what's written on the label. Now, actually, subsequently, with more professional uh, panels that are designed for generating serious amounts of electricity for putting in your roof, for example... Um, the specifications are done according to much tighter standards, but these smaller solar panels, not so much. So don't necessarily believe the, you're going to get the power uh, that you think you will out of them. The other thing I discovered about solar panels very quickly was that they don't behave at all like any power source that I've dealt with before. Now, the most common type of power source that I deal with, and I imagine most people deal with, is mains voltage electricity. And you have um, a socket, three pin here in the UK, maybe other countries have more usually two pins, I don't know. Um, But uh, generally, um, the point of this is that you plug your device into the wall and out comes electricity. And if you plug in an electric toothbrush or if you plug in a three kilowatt oven uh, or some kind of space heater, that's many kilowatts, you get the power, the amps will be delivered, and the voltage will hold up. So in this country, um, I expect where I am, about 230 to 240 volts pretty constantly. Um, and when I plug something in, the voltage doesn't drop appreciably. In fact, if it did drop by many volts, it would be time to investigate what the problem was. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is you get the power within reason, the current draw, the power, 
uh, from your constant voltage source and your voltage doesn't drop when you put a load on it or it, the drop is, is negligible. So <clears throat> moving on to the next most common source of electricity, which is batteries. Now, batteries are a little bit more delicate to deal with because when you draw anything but a small current from a battery, you will notice quite a, a sizable drop in the voltage. And of course, other difference with uh, batteries, of course, is that they are DC, uh, direct current. So there's no, in mains voltages oscillating here in the UK, it's 50 times per second, 50 hertz. But a battery just delivers a straight constant voltage and a straight constant current uh, with no variation unless the load is asking for um, a, a varying amount of current. So, um, but the, the key thing here is that when you draw even fairly modest amounts of current from a small battery, its voltage will drop. Now the device, most devices are designed to expect that. In fact, they're designed to handle the fact that the battery's voltage will drop. So when you buy, a, say, a AA battery or a AAA battery that's rated at 1.5 volts when you get it, um, but by the time it goes flat in inverted commas, and I, I'll tell you why I say inverted commas, it may be down to, say, 1.2 volts. And um, the devices are designed to work down there. And then might might give you a warning, or in the case of a small torch or flashlight, they may just quit. The device may just quit working completely and with no warning. Um, now, the reason I said flat and in inverted commas is because just because it's a 1.2 volts doesn't mean it's got no energy left. In fact, it could have, depending on the type of battery, as much as, say, 50% of its energy left, but it just can't deliver a voltage that's useful for the purpose that you bought it for. So you discard it and you don't think much of the fact that you've just thrown away some potentially useful energy. There is a way to get energy out of such low-voltage batteries. It's called a dual thief, and maybe I'll do another HPR episode about that at some future point. Anyway, the, I digress. The point is that a battery will not give you a constant voltage. Uh, it won't give you the voltage that's written on it, either because you're running it down over time or because you've placed a, a high current load in the battery. Um, so that uh, means that you have to design your circuits with that in mind. Now, the big surprise with solar panels, I didn't really know much about them, is that they're an extreme version of what happens with batteries. So I could hook up this little plastic solar panel that I bought. I think the brand name was Sunny Solar. Good luck if you try and look that one up. It's uh, almost certainly some meaningless uh, um, brand name that's been pasted on uh, from some um, uh, on some generic product that's been churned out in a Chinese factory somewhere. I'm sure there's many other identical products with different names. But this particular solar panel, um, as I say, was rated at uh, I think it's it claimed it could do 6 volts at uh, deliver 1 amp. I think that was the origin of why it claimed it could do uh, 6 watts. Now, when I plugged it in and in full sunlight, I could, for a time, get about 6 volts or even a shade more. But I noticed that the two things. First of all, the voltage would drop. Um, not rapidly, but slowly, and then come to a stable value in 5.9 or 5.8 something. That'll be the first thing I noticed. The second thing, and this is the really dramatic thing, is I thought, ooh, I've got, oh, I've got just about six, six volts to play with here. Okay, that's plenty for my applications. Maybe a bit too high for some of my devices, but here we go. But the instant you plug in a device to it, nothing happens. Or maybe you see a brief flash of an LED or something and then it just dies. I think, oh, 
what's going on here. And when I connected uh, uh, an ammeter, uh, the first thing that I uh, noticed was, well, it f- actually in direct sunlight, it, f- it blew up the fuse in my ammeter because I had it in the, the low current range. So it's a, another lesson for you is always go for the, if you've got one of these um, multimeters, I'm saying ammeter, but it's a multimeter, especially the cheap ones, make sure, make sure you've put it on the, the 10 amp range, not the low um range for looking at milliamps and microamps because if you don't then you'll blow the a, a fuse which is maybe only rated to a few hundred milliamps that was the first thing i learned um but when i realized what was wrong with my multimeter and connected up in the 10 amp range so i was nice and safe i saw that maybe very briefly i would get the high current uh like I don't know, many hundreds of milliamps, maybe if it was full sunlight, but it would quickly vanish and the voltage would collapse and I would be left with nothing. I thought, oh, okay, what's going on here then? And you have to really understand how a solar uh, panel works. So there are two key panel uh, parameters on the specifications to the solar panel. Well, there's three. The one uh, that most people will describe a solar panel with is... The power rating. So in this case, it was it claimed to be six watts. I think maybe actually even seven, depending on the, the sales brochure you happen to look at. But anyway, let's say it's six watts. But that actually isn't very interesting. More interesting is the numbers that lie behind it. So it said voltage six volts and current one amp. Okay. Now. I think what that really meant is that the open circuit voltage of the panel in full sunlight, so that's a sunny day with the panel, sun fairly high in the sky and the, and the panel pointed directly at the sun. So it's absorbing as much, you know, as much sunlight as can get on the panel. Um, what it was saying is at that point, the open circuit voltage of the panel should be six volts. Indeed it was. I, I measured six volts. And the reason the voltage I noticed drops slightly is because as a, pa- a solar panel heats up, it becomes less uh, efficient. And, uh, in, uh, and in fact, a cold solar panel is more efficient at producing uh, electricity. Not hugely more efficient, maybe a one or two percentage points more efficient, depending on how, exactly how cold you get. So what I was observing is... As the, you put a, a panel which is dark in colour and place it in the sun, it'll heat up quite rapidly to temperatures above 50 degrees C. Maybe its operating temperature could be as high as 70 degrees C, in fact. And so there's quite a sizable um, change in efficiency uh, because of this. And that's why I saw this voltage drop. But anyway, it was still roughly, um, give or take a few hundred millivolts. It's still, you're still talking about six volts. Yeah, well, plus or minus 100 millivolts, six, six, six volts. But that's open circuit voltage, and that means that I have not completed a circuit that there's effectively an infinite resistance between uh, the, the the positive and negative leads of the solar panel. That's what that parameter means, the open circuit voltage. So you'll quite often see in solar panel specs, V subscript OC, voltage in the open circuit. And... That isn't the voltage you'll get because the moment that you connect a circuit to it, the voltage will drop. How far it drops depends on how much current you try to draw. So if I tried to draw the one amp, it said in the label it could do one amp. If I tried to draw one amp 
I would not still have 6 volts. In fact, I have something very close to 0 volts, and I wouldn't have 1 amp either, because the voltage wasn't there. And at this point, it's probably a good idea to fall back on the analogy of voltage and current being the pressure and flow of water. So, let's forget electricity for a moment. Uh, you have a hose pipe, and you connect one end to a tap, or a faucet, I guess, uh, for my colleagues on the other side of the Atlantic. And, of course, you open and close the nozzle at this point. If you haven't opened the tap, nothing happens. So that's like the analogy there. The solar panel is in the dark. Nothing is happening. There's no voltage, no pressure, no current, there's nothing. Then you open up the tap. So this is a bit like taking the solar panel out and placing it in strong sunlight. When you open up the tap, water pours into the pipe, and it's a hissing sound for a brief time, and then it stops. And then all you're left with is a pipe full of water that's at pressure. And it's the means, in the case of the water pipe, it's whatever your means pressure of your, of your, of your water system is that's connected to the tap. But that's the key thing. You've got a nice high pressure. Now, when you open this, so I should say this, at this point, this is a bit like, taking the solar panel and leave it in sunlight and you will see this high voltage, in the case of my small solar panel, a 6 volt uh, across the, the plus and minus leads. There's lots of voltage there, just as there's lots of pressure in the pipe, but nothing else is happening. Water is not flowing out, electricity is not flowing out. It's all quite static. That's useless. The moment you're trying to do something with uh, the water, what happens is some of the pressure that was built up in the pipe is dissipated as the water flows out in a jet out the nozzle. And that pressure is turning itself into the flow of water. So the, the pressure inside the pipe will drop slightly, but not to nothing, otherwise the water wouldn't flow out the pipe. And the amount of water that's flowing out the pipe per second, um, let's say we measure it in litres per second, that is anal analogous to the current flow in the... Uh, in the solar panel. Now, at this point, the analogy isn't so good because um, the the mains water is a bit like mains electricity. It, it will supply within reason, um, uh, you know, whatever pressure you need uh, for the nozzle of your pipe. Now, if you um, uh, if you close the nozzle at the end of your hose, and then you went and closed the tap then there will be water inside the hose and it will be held at quite high pressure because it can't go out through the closed tap or the closed nozzle. So this is like an analogy of a, a solar panel in low sunlight. There's some charge stored there. There's next to nothing coming in. Or maybe you open the, the tap slight, very slightly to let trickle of water in, but there's just really not enough pressure to sustain it. So the, so the moment that you open up the, the nozzle at the end of the hose... Water will splurt out and kind of, uh, yeah, well, come on with a splurt, and then it will die down to trickle almost immediately because there's just no pressure at the other end. Even if you have the tap open slightly to let some water in, there's very little pressure from that. So it would take too long for the hose pipe to fill up again. Um, but if you did close the nozzle, the hose pipe would fill up again and you'd end up with a, a pressurized pipe again. That's a bit like the idea of taking a solar panel putting it in not very sunny conditions, but some light, 
holding it at open circuit voltage and then suddenly connecting something, the voltage will collapse. You'll get a sudden burst of current, which may wreck your multimeter, as I discovered, but it can't sustain that current for any length of time, and you'll just end up with a low voltage and an extremely low trickle of electricity, a low current. So that's how um, you should think of a solar panel. Now, the more um, sunlight that you have, the greater the voltage it can sustain, and the greater the current that you can draw off it without that voltage completely collapsing to nothing. So the game really is, is how much current can you pull out of a solar panel in the amount of sunlight that you've got? And that is uh, quite a tricky problem, really. But the the answer is that um, <clears throat> you can sort of you can tell from the voltage roughly what level of sunlight that you've got. It will va- the voltage will vary slightly uh, in sunlight. But actually, it's much better to look at the what's the other parameter that we printed in a solar panel, and that will be not the open circuit, but the short circuit current. So if you connect the plus and the minus leads of the panel, which you would ordinarily never do with mains electricity or even a battery, um, because the solar panel... A, low, a small solar panel, a low wattage solar panel, isn't going to damage anything and blow up the wires. You can do this quite safely. You can connect plus and minus leads together. Um, and if you do so through an ammeter, a multimeter, set to measure current, then you can measure what current is present when the resistance is negligible, that we've got a short circuit. Um, what you will find then is the amount of current in that situation will be um, proportional to the amount, the, 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 the amount of solar power falling on the solar panel. So if the sunlight goes from, say, uh, I don't know, let's say 100 watts per square meter, which is quite dim, really, it's a very cloudy, stormy day, to 200 watts per square meter, so after a thunderstorm when things are brightening up again, uh, you might see that. You will see maybe the, the current jump from pulling numbers out of thin air here, but like 100 milliamps to 200 milliamps. Not my rubbish little solar panel, but a bigger one. So you, you will see there's a proportionality between the short circuit current and the amount of power from sunlight falling on your solar panel. Uh, and that's So that is a way that you can start to understand uh, how the solar panel's parameters do relate to the sunlight. You can do it with voltage, but I think it's quite a weak and non-linear relationship. Um, but it still hasn't really answered the question uh, that I was getting to. How much power can you draw from that solar panel in given light conditions? Well, um, it doesn't answer. I haven't got to that answering that question. But before I do, it makes sense of the the stats that were printed on my solar panel. It said six volts. That was the open circuit voltage. So that's where I'm not drawing any load whatsoever uh, from the panel. Useless. Can in theory draw one amp from the panel by providing zero resistance by connecting the plus and minus leads together. Again, yes, I get the current, but there's no power associated with that because it's nearly at zero volts when I do that. So in both cases, there's a negligible amount of power. Um, somewhere between those two extremes is where we want to be. So we want to find a value of current draw from the solar panel, or equivalently a voltage that we want to keep the solar panel at, that maximises the amount of power. Now it turns out that that for any given level of sunlight, there is such a a point. It's called the maximum power point. And um, I can't really describe 
a graph. Uh, I'm not going to try and describe a graph, but if you look at maximum, search up in maximum power point solar panels, you'll see these graphs um, of current versus voltage, where the current is plotted in the vertical axis and voltage along the horizontal axis. And there's a, like a constant current up to some voltage, and then the voltage just disappears when you try to uh, um, draw a current. Uh, and sorry, sorry, other way around. The current disappears when you try to hold the panel at a high voltage. And yeah, I said I wouldn't try and describe the graphs, and I have gone and tried to describe the graphs, and now I've confused myself and probably you, so I apologise for that. Anyway. Forget my confusing description of the graph. The point is there's a current and a voltage for any given level of sunlight where you want to be at to maximise the power draw. And if you're at full sunlight, then in theory, you should get the wattage rating of the solar panel. Um, that's its full sunlight with the panel perpendicular to the sun's rays. Now, for big professional panels, which I do have some of, uh, that... Those specifications are trustworthy and, and the information is regulated. The, the, the solar panel companies are play by the rules, by and large. For cheaper ones, you get from hobbyists, uh, stores online, um, the, the lower wattage ones, a few, a few watts up to maybe, maybe a dozen, a couple of dozen watts. Yeah, watch out. You probably will get misleading specifications. So what this panel should have said to me is that six volts was the open circuit voltage and uh, one amp was the short circuit current and it should never have quoted a power rating of six watts or whatever. That's just wrong. Um, if, on a good day, I can maybe coax four watts, maybe a little bit more than four, maybe four and a half watts out of it if, if I'm really on the ball. And what does really on the ball mean? Well, it's finding, um, I mean, one way you can do it is just connect different values of resistors between the plus and minus leads until you find the one that gives you the maximum power rating. You have to be a bit careful because most common resistors are rated at a quarter of a watt and you will literally see, even with a small solar panel that does five watts, you will literally see the the resistor uh, disappear in a puff of smoke if you manage to try and pass several watts through it. You can buy bigger resistors. But actually a much better idea is to rapidly using pulse width modulation, open and close the circuit to try and regulate the voltage in the current draw. And those devices uh, are called pulse width modulation solar charge controllers. And if you want to get a, a bit more juice and make sure you find that maximum power point, then you can use these so-called MPPT uh, solar charge controllers. They also use pulse width modulation, but they rather more intelligently will hunt down that maximum power point that I was talking about. And they will adapt to, as the level of sunlight changes, they'll adjust the current draw to keep um, the maximum amount of power flowing out. Now, of course, this has a problem. If you've got electronics that say, for example, like a an ESP32 microcontroller, it really only wants 3.3 volts. And its tolerance, it's not going to like it if you give it 5 volts because the sun's come out. Um, so the solar charge controller's other job is not just to find the maximum power point, but it's to output a reliable level of voltage. Generally, they will output uh, 5 volts for these hobbyist ones for larger ones for 
charging battery storage in households, you'll typically see the output voltage of the solar charge controllers um, at something that will charge uh, either a 12 volt, a 24 volt, or even a 48 volt battery. So in my house, this is for a future HPR episode, I've got a 24 volt system that I put together myself. Um, but that uses a, a rather chunkier and more expensive charge controller. But for the one for the small solar panel, I got this um, I think I bought it from Pimeroni or Pie Hut. I can't remember which where I bought it exactly, but it was the it was called the brand name was DF Robot, and it was just ideal for taking the power delivered by the small solar panel and outputting it at five volts, literally through USB. And it also allowed me to charge connect a battery. In fact, you really had to connect a battery for it to work properly, and you could plug in USB from another source and charge the battery without solar power. So you could do both. So it was quite a clever little device. The thing is that if you only had solar power, you couldn't, and the sun went behind the cloud, then the five volts output would collapse. So you really need a battery and the solar panel together um, in order to smooth out the tremendous variation in power delivery that the solar panel is going to give you. Uh, uh, you know, Because of a cloud going in front of the sun or somebody walking in front of the sun or the sun moving behind a tree or all these kind of things. So the other lesson that I learned was really solar panels by themselves are not that great. You need to have another power source to work with them. Either they offset what you're drawing from the grid in some way uh, or, uh, and this has been my preference, is that you have a battery and the battery uh, stores the power when uh, so that when the when the sun is shining, you're charging up the battery and powering the load. Um, and when the sun isn't shining, then the battery takes over and can deliver uh, charge. Uh, and so in this way, you can run pretty much indefinitely low-power electronics. With a small solar panel, you could probably, and well, not probably, you can definitely run an ESP32 night and day pretty much indefinitely, even through a Scottish winter, uh, I've discovered. It's quite possible. If your battery uh, can take in enough charge when it is sunny, probably uh, a small 5-watt solar panel is going to do the job and keep your device topped up and powered through long uh, nights uh, here in Scotland. So, yeah, um, that's really all I've got to say about uh, solar panels. Um I might do future episodes uh, if people are interested and I'm interested, which I probably will be, to be honest, on my larger solar panels. I've got two uh, sets on the go, one for my house and one in an observatory that I've been uh, involved in building with the Astronomical Society of Glasgow. And that's that's, that's a a different game. Uh, You're dealing with mains voltage coming out of inverters. You're dealing with solar panels that can output a kilowatt uh, and that will arc and spark and DC circuit breakers that can burst into flames, <laughs> you know, and all kinds of exciting things. And you can electrocute yourself and blow up multimeters. And, oh, yes, it's it's a whole level of new fun uh, to be had with those. So um, I'll just end that with a warning as it's very safe to play around with these low-voltage solar panels. So if you want to play, play with them. Be very careful playing with the big boys uh, and girls. <laughs> the high, the high. When you're dealing with hundreds of watts, kilowatts, uh, solar panel array and inverters, which output means electricity, you have to be much more careful. Uh, um, and also, you're dealing with DC, uh, so 
that's again, as I say, different from dealing with AC. So if you do go up, to, if you do want to play with bigger solar panels, I do advise some caution, as as they can be uh, surprisingly uh, uh, fun, <laughs> shall we say? Anyway, I'll leave it there. Um, if I've got anything wrong or could explain better, please do leave comments and or do a show uh, of your own if you've got solar panels. I'd love to hear your experiences. I've got certainly plenty more to learn myself, so I'd love to hear other views on how people have gone with their solar panels out there in the Hacker Public Radio land. Okay, thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye. been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, you click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.